Bless the name of the Lord. It's good to see all of you in God's house today. I want to do, I think, either it's going to be a two-part series or three. We'll see what the Lord will do with our lives as we go on. But I want to speak, I want us to look this morning on, um, I struggled a bit actually to be honest, on the title, let's just call it Life is About Choices. So you can write that, Life is About Choices, that's the title. Amen? Life is About Choices. That's the title you should write in your book. And I'll build on that. Life is about choices. We're going to read a lot of verses eventually. So I'll talk first. And then later on, we are going to look at the verses so that we can go verse by verse by verse by verse until we see what the Lord is going to do. And I I pray and trust God that God is going to speak to you today. Amen? And uh, we will welcome all guests right at the end of the service. One of the certainties of life, which has more or less been cast in stone, when they say something is cast in stone, they basically mean something that cannot be changed. I think that's what they try to mean by that. It's said, it's a done deal. And you can't change it. So one of the things that are cast in stone in life is that each one of us will make choices in life. Hallelujah. It's very difficult for you to live a life without making choices. But then there are two types of choices. Choice number one is that there are automatic choices. Automatic choices are things like when you are dressing up in the morning, you don't have to think that, okay, this hand should go into the left uh, side of the shirt or this one should go into the right. When we were young, before possibly we grew up, we needed to be dressed up. But somewhere along life, you just know by yourself that the left arm goes into the left and the right arm goes into the right. The same thing if you are wearing trousers. You don't put the trouser on top of the head. You actually, automatically, you just know that the right leg goes into the right And the left leg goes into the left. You don't think about them. 
But actually, you make those choices. They are automatic choices. On the other hand, you have conscious choices, which is the second type of choices. And the conscious, conscious choices are choices that have got consequences. They have got consequences. And uh, these consequences are governed by natural laws. There are laws that are there in the natural and they are the results of the choices you make consciously. So if I walk out of the room right now and stand in front of a moving car, what's going to happen is that the car is going to hit me. Either I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to die. That's the consequence. I made a choice. I was standing in front of the car and then eventually I die. So the conscious choices, uh, the consequences of that, they either come to haunt you in life or bless you in life. But you have to make a choice. Hallelujah. And that's why I think you have heard people say that life or where you are today is the sum total of the choices you have made in your life this far. And the reason why I'm talking about choices and life is about choices is that we need to become conscious to begin to make choices that are going to eventually bless us in life. Hallelujah. For you to be here this morning is a choice. You could have chosen not to be here and to be sleeping. It could have been, it's a choice. But you made a choice to be here. And you know, the choice which you have made to be here this morning, I hope, based on what you hear today, based on what you hear in the service, you make decisions and those decisions will either lead you into blessings or lead you into tragedy based on the decisions that you make. But all that, it's a choice. Now, when you look at research, research basically says that on average, and this is on average, every human being makes about 10,000 choices a day. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, you're just making choices the whole day. Choices the whole day. And research shows that you make about 10,000. But most of those choices are made without thinking. But some of the choices you have to think. So a choice like when to get up this morning. Maybe you set up an alarm clock. The alarm rang. And you made a choice to say, okay, let me wake up right now. And you get up as you planned last night that you wake up at 4 a.m. or 4.30 a.m. or 5 a.m. or maybe 6 o'clock. But also sometimes what happens is, the alarm rings and you make a choice 
that I will sleep a bit more. It's a choice. And you also make a a choice, possibly this morning when you woke up, you made a choice to take a bath. I hope you have taken a bath. (laughs) But maybe you made a choice, I'll bath when I come back from church. It's a choice. You also make a choice, it's a conscious choice, whether to brush your teeth or not to brush your teeth. Because you know, if I don't brush my teeth, there'll be some smell coming up. So let me brush my teeth. It's a choice. You make a choice when you woke up this morning. I'm just trying to show you choices you made today already. What to wear, what not to wear. For our sisters, maybe you started with a blue dress. You tried it. Then you moved into a red dress. Then later on, you moved into a yellow dress. And finally, at the end of the day, you went back to the blue dress. So the sister Rose. It's a choice. Are we together? So life is about choices. What is a choice? A choice is an act. And I want you to take note of that word. It's an act of selecting or making a decision when you are faced with two or more possibilities. Let's assume you only have one dress. You don't have two dresses. Life is going to be very simple for you because you only have one dress. You only have one shirt. You only have one trousers. You only have one pair of shoes. But the moment you buy two pairs of shoes, life becomes complicated. Because you have to make a decision, do I wear this shoe or not? You know when you only have one pair of shoes, it doesn't bother you. Because that's the only shoe that you have. So you wear that shoe, whether it matches with the orange trousers and the green shirt, you're not bothered. Life goes on. Life is simple. But the moment there are several things, then eventually life becomes very complicated. And I want to say this word this morning. When it comes to marriage, you also make a choice. Hallelujah. I'm very sure for the brothers and the sisters who are married in church today, the man they got married to and the woman they got married to is not the only one they made in life. Hallelujah. And for those of you who are not married, this is very good news for you to know. Because these ones who are married, they met so many people in life. So many boys and some of them more handsome than the one they chose. (laughs) And for some of them, a very beautiful, more beautiful girls than the ones they settled for. But at the end of the day, they made a choice. Hallelujah. So, let's say you grow up in a village 
And in this village, there are only two houses. The house of your parent, your parents, and the house of other people. In your house, there is born you a boy or a girl. And in that house, there is also a born, a boy and a girl. And there is no other village around. It's your village is made up of only two homes. Your home and the home of the other people. I can bet that the boy in this house will marry the girl from the other house. Uh, it's a choice. But no, it's not going to be a choice. <laughs> okay. Foster says it's going to be a choice still. Yes, I agree. <laughs> okay. But, but it's a very simple choice. Because he doesn't have to compare. Because he can't marry his sister. So he has to go and marry the other girl. It's a choice. I agree. And, and, and possibly the boy from the other house who is going to marry the, the sister. It's a choice. They have made, you, you make a choice. Why you are restricted to that environment and uh, there is no alternative. Because there is only one boy and there is only one girl. At that point you don't have a choice. If the boy is short you're going to get married to the short one. If the girl is slim, you're going to get married to the slim one. So you don't have any choice whether she should have biceps or no biceps. You call them what? Six pack? Is that what you call them? Yeah. So you don't have a choice for six pack or two pack. You don't. And at the very same time, you don't have even have a choice whether they have to be black or light in complexion. It's what in Chichewa we say, Yagwambarendio. Alright, it's, it's, it's it done. You don't even have a choice to say, okay, they have to be rich or poor. It's a, it's a what? It's a choice. This is all you have, and therefore you go with that. So, what I'm saying is, you can't make a choice if all you have is just one thing that is in front of you. Yes, the choice is very simple in the sense that that's the only thing you have and therefore you're going to have you're going to have to go with that. But when there are several options as I said, life becomes complicated. Let's say you go to the field you participate in a survey you go in a village at the back of beyond there is only one restaurant. There are not two restaurants. And in this restaurant, you walk in and you're really, really hungry. And the only thing they are selling on that day, you ask them, do you have food? And they say, yes, we have food. What do you have? And they say, sima with beans. Do you, ha- you don't have chicken? No, we don't have chicken. What about fish? No, we don't have fish. What are you going to eventually say is, because that's what is available. You are hungry. You want to sustain your life. So even though you may say, me, I don't like beans. On this day, you are going to eat what? 
pains. So what we are trying to look at is that for a choice to be made, there have to be what? Options. And also at the very same time, you must have preferences. Are we together? And chances are very high that you are going to go for what you like. When there are options and when there are preferences, you are very, very likely going to go for what you like. Unfortunately, for most people, when they are being faced with choices that they have to make, they want to run away from the responsibility of life. Because you want other people to make the choices for you. I have gone to restaurants before and a waiter comes with a menu. And sometimes the names on these meals, instead of saying, saying beans, sima and beans, there was they will try to confuse you with some very weird names. Aristata Cantero or something like that. So eventually what you end up doing is you ask the waiter. I've done it so many times. If it were you ordering the food, what would you go for? And then eventually tell you, Oh, this one is nice. This one is nice. Okay, between these two, which one would you go for? And then they say, this one. Then you say, give me that one. All you have done is, you have passed on the back to make a choice to the other person. Why? You were faced with several options. But in Life, now the scriptures will begin flowing. In life, the reality is that God created us to make choices. And God expects us to make what? Choices. So, let's begin looking at the scriptures. And we're just going to look at several scriptures today. It's not going to be a complicated service. So you don't even need to think about new revelations or what. There may be no new revelations today. Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. And he knows he's about to die. Joshua is going to take up responsibility as a leader or the new leader of Israel. So in Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses tells the children of Israel something very profound. We'll begin from verse 11 to verse 20. I'll read. And in my Bible, it says the choice of life or death. Verse 11. For this is, for this commandment, 
which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say who will ascend into heaven for us or bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. See, I have said before you today life and death, life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if in your heart, if, but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Hallelujah. So Moses is telling them Something very, very profound. And he says, I am putting before you two things. Life and death. You have to choose. You don't have to worry about, it's not mysterious. It's not in heaven. That you have to begin to say, maybe somebody needs to go to heaven and bring it down to us. Make it very clear to us. No, 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 no. It's very simple. It's straightforward. It's life or death. It's either good or evil. And it's really up to you. You have to choose. But then interestingly, what you tend to find with Moses is that he tells them in verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. That I have said before you, life and death. I have said before you, blessing and cursing. And then he tells them, therefore choose life. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So the children of Israel 
were given choices and they needed to make a choice. And I will say something right now. Where Israel is today is based on the choices that their fathers made. Where Malawi is today is based on the choices that the founding fathers of this nation made. Where you are today very likely is based on the choices that initially your parents made, but then you also needed to make a choice. So you cannot continue blaming the founding fathers. You cannot continue blaming your parents. And the Israel of today cannot continue blaming the forefathers because they too have been given a choice. Hallelujah. It's just that later on as you carry on, I think it's in Proverbs. uh, Let me just look at it. I think it's in Proverbs. Okay, it's in Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So it's just that you have a choice right now. To train up your children in the way they should go. And when they grow up, they are not going to depart from that way. But it's also a what? A choice. You can make a choice that the TV is going to train up your children. Do you know that we watch TV, TV doesn't watch us? Have you ever thought about that? You are the one who make a choice to watch TV. TV doesn't watch you. So you can actually make a choice. When God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 18 verse 19, he says, For I have known Abraham. Amos, can you put Genesis 18 verse 19, if you can. And I'm going to read it the way Amos is going to put it on the screen, so that you should understand what we're trying to look at. But it is a choice. Genesis 18 verse 19. He says, this is what God is speaking to Abraham. He says, for I have known him to the end that he may command his children and his household after him that they may keep the way of Jehovah to do righteousness and justice to the end that Jehovah may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Hallelujah. He says, he says, I have known him. I have known him that he may command his children, and his household after him, that they may keep the way of Jehovah. And in the end, when they have kept the way of the Lord, doing righteousness and justice, in the end, the Lord is going to bring upon Abraham what he has spoken to him. But it's not only Abraham, but also his descendants after him. As you begin to train your children today and they walk in the way of the Lord, the Lord will surely bless them. But it's a choice. It's it's a choice up to you. It's really a choice you have to make whether you will train them to walk in the way of the Lord or you will train them not to walk in the way of the Lord. The one who plants the seed 
in their life, whether they walk with God or not walk with God, it's you the parent. But because at some point, that child will also be faced with what? Choices. Whether to walk with God or not walk with God. You know, because I am a Christian, and because you are a Christian, it's very, very difficult for your child today to be a Muslim. But at some point in his life or her life, she'll be first with a choice. Whether to continue with Christianity or to join another faith. And that will be their choice. But the Bible guarantees us one thing. It says, when you have trained them up in the way they should go, when they are old, they're not going to depart from the way. So Israel had been given choices. Choose life or you choose death. But it's up to you. Choose a blessing or a curse. It's up to you. In Proverbs 18.21, the Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. What the Bible is saying there is very, very simple. Your tongue can speak life or your tongue can speak death. With your tongue, you can preserve life. With your tongue, you can also destroy life. And so it's saying, be careful with your words. But that is also a what? A choice. You cannot say, No, 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 no. It's a choice. And you have to know that the words which you speak will either build or destroy. Even when you are angry, you have a choice to speak or not to speak. Even if somebody is forcing you and say, oh, yanka, yanka. You have got a choice to just look at them. Are we together? It, it is a choice. Your words can speak life and your words can speak death. Your tongue can build others up and your tongue can also tear others down. But that is your choice. As a parent, you can build your children up or you can tear them down. As a parent, you can speak life into the lives of your children or you can speak death into the lives of your children. As a wife, you can speak life into your husband's life or death. As a husband, you can speak life into your wife's life or death. As, as a boss at work, you can speak life into your, your, the people who work for you, your employees or death. Including the housemaid at home. You can speak life into them or you can speak death. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Bible says the letter kills. When you go to Judges chapter 13. So I'm just laying things before you today because I'll build on this next week. Manoah and his wife 
the angel of the Lord comes to them to speak to them about the birth of Samson. And in Judges chapter 13 verse 7, the Bible says, And he said to me, Behold, this is a wife speaking to the husband. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, this is the mother being told, eh? Now, drink no wine or a similar drink. And there's no reason here to be saying, okay, mandikuluika. No. It's, it's simple, straightforward. Neither drink wine nor a similar drink. Anything that is similar to wine, don't touch it. Nor eat anything unclean. So the mother is being told clearly. So she can't say, no, in any mafuna kujia doti. If the doti is unclean, then the Lord is saying, don't eat it. No, I felt like I wanted to drink Fanta. But if the instruction here is don't drink Fanta, then the Fanta you don't what? Drink. And you should see the reason why he says, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of what? His death. Can, can you see that? He says from the womb. From the time that the baby is conceived to the day that the, de- the baby is going to die, this child you are carrying is set apart for God to the point that he's going to be a Nazarite to God. Therefore, please don't contaminate him with anything. Now, I think by now you have heard me. I've been saying a lot that it looks like it's a new revelation, but it's not a new revelation. But you know, I've, I've discovered this one thing in life, maybe very late, that there are only two doors in life. There's door of entrance and there's a door of exit. And there's only one way in life. The one you enter in, you walk on that path to the end. What happens at the end determines where you go. But you make a choice here. How you're going to walk. So Samson, Samson, I believe after he was born, he was told. Because if they had not told him, he couldn't have kept his hair. But later on in life, he needed to make choices. And, and it's very interesting that in the life of Samson, he only fought two battles for God. The one at the beginning and the one at the end. Every other battle he fought in between was to settle scores. Samson, why did you tie the foxes and burn other people's wheat fields? They took away my girl. Samson, you want to say there are no other girls? Why? Why did you leave the gates? No, they gave my wife, they gave my girl to another man. To the point that Samson begins to play with danger until danger is no longer dangerous. And he only realizes I played with danger when his two eyes are gone. 
until you come to Judges 16.22 when the Bible says, and, but the hair on his head started to grow again. What am I trying to say? In spite of all the choices you can make in your life, there will still be one time in your life that God will show you favor and will show you grace to give you another opportunity to make the right choice. But the consequences of the choices you have made, you still have to bear them. But God is still gracious. Hallelujah. So in Proverbs 19 verse 11, he says, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory to overlook a transgression. The discretion of a man. Proverbs 19 verse 11. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. What is discretion? Answer me. I've asked you a question. What is discretion? Wisdom? NIV says wisdom. Any other version? That means it's similar to the Bible. Another, another one? Sensible people control their temper. So anybody who doesn't control their temper is what? Is not sensible. So next time you are about to get angry, you have to make a choice and say, right now I'm making a choice to be sensible or not sensible. And a person who is not sensible is what? I didn't say it. But the Bible is saying the discretion of a man, the wisdom of a man, a man who is sensible will tell himself, let me be slow to anger. It does not mean the opportunities for him to get angry will not be there. But he will make a decision. And he says, and his glory will make him to overlook an offense. Meaning you will be offended. But when you discover that upon your life there is glory and the Lord is taking you from one level of glory to another level of glory, sinners is easy, you will conclude. It's not, it's not adding to where I am going in life. But that one also is a what? A choice. So I want you to tell me, to just say it, I have a choice. Say it louder. Because you are saying it as if you want to run away. I have a choice. I have a choice to be angry or not to be angry. I have a choice to overlook sin and transgression and of offense or I have a choice. Hallelujah. Esther chapter 4, 16. Esther, Mordecai tells him, this is what Haman has done. And the only way out, Esther, is that you have to go before the king. And Esther says, you have no idea. I have not even appeared before the king for a long time. But then eventually Esther says in verse 16, after she has made a choice, she says, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. 
My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I am going to do that which the word of God has told me to do. It may be against what my tribe says. It may be against what my family says. It may be against what I was taught when I was young. But I have discovered that it is according to God's word. So even if I cut ties with them, I cut ties because I will do that which God has taught me to do. Even if they sack me, let them what? Sack me, but I'm going to do that which the word of God has taught me to do. Because as far as this word of God is concerned and my life, there is no plan B. Hallelujah. And Esther says, I'm ready to die for this. You know, in life, there have to be some things that you are ready to die for. For the married people, my question would be, are you ready to die for your wife? For the wise, are you ready to defend your husband against all odds? Or for you, blood is thicker than water. Are you ready to because of your wife? Are you ready to because of your husband? Or for you, actually I've heard people say, but this one is my mother. Yes, nobody is denying it. But you made a choice. You made a choice. And all of you who are here not yet married, this is the word I am speaking. It, it's, it's a choice. It's a choice. Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. The Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. You know, the choice to be defiled or not to be defiled, it's a choice you have to make. Including the choice. One of the things I should say, you know, you also have got a choice. It's your choice. It's your choice to organize a party at your house, whether it's your birthday party or the party of your child, and you know that your father or your uncle or some of your friends drink beer. It's your choice to say, we'll also go buy some beer so that when they have come, they will drink. Or you say, as far as I am concerned, on these two doors, no beer comes in. And when even if it's your best friend, you say, Ashimwene, where did I? It's your choice for your children to go for a sleepover or no sleepover. It's your choice. But if they have gone for a sleepover, whatever will come from the sleepover, you bear the consequences. So, well, I don't know, but everybody is going for sleepover. Sleep in your bed. It's also what? Your choice. It's your choice. When you have grown up and you have left my house and you want to sleep to compensate for all the sleepovers you missed, you can do it. But at this point in time, sleep in your bed. 
Because you also don't know. You know, we come, you meet people in life, sometimes you think everybody is following God the way you are following God. But, but you know what? It's not automatic. Because maybe you all come to the same church, but the other one allows their children to watch TV from 6 o'clock in the morning. I have seen kids. The first thing they do when they wake up is go sit in front of a TV. It's breakfast time. And the foolish mother will bring the food and the kid will eat and will leave the plate there. And I have seen kids who can sing for you all the songs from each cartoony series. They can begin from the beginning to the end. Tell them to sing Jesus loves you. Uh, what's that? It's your choice. So it's up to you to make a decision to say they will go and watch TV from 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. And the following day in the morning, when you're trying to wake them up for church, and they say, no, mommy, but I am sleeping. And you come to church and say, where's your child? says, no, I'm a kuzuka. It's your choice. Hallelujah. So, Daniel says, he says, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. The decision whether to defy yourself or not, it's yours. Hallelujah. Because you'll be given so many choices. But you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. The the thing that everybody is doing it before the eyes of the Lord, it doesn't hold. Because when you die, you die alone. Hallelujah. No matter what they believe in your tribe, when you die, you die alone. So the question is, are you training your children for hell or you are raising up them for heaven? But it's your choice. Hallelujah. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel 3.16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. You know, there are some other issues whereby people should be able to say, as far as faith is concerned, is this in the Musadani? Musayambe, you are just wasting your time. Hallelujah. Since we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, that we have to choose whether to bow to your idol or not to bow to your idol, we want to tell you this thing that even if you throw us into the fairy furnace, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, if he does not deliver us, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the God image which you have set up. Let it be known. 
There have to be some things in your life that are called non-negotiables. And those non-negotiables had to be based on what the word of God says. So, if you are a young man or a young woman, they told you in your house, never ever marry Manganja or Tumbuka or Nkonde. It's not in the Bible. Amen? Even if you were told, never marry a short woman, it's also not in the Bible. But the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. The one you don't have to marry is the one who is not a child of God. For a very simple thing. I said it yesterday at the marriage summit. And I want to say it today in church for those of you who are not yet married. There is a common belief that as long as you are in a church and you are about to get married and you come to church and get married before a pastor, even though you are not born again, your marriage is blessed. It is a lie. It's not true. God only blesses marriages of those people who are born again. If you are not born again and you come in a church, you can go and hire a church and be married there. You are only married before the eyes of the law, but not before the eyes of God. You are not, you are not blessed by God. But because you made a what? A choice. So no matter, that's why qualification number one for my daughters and my sons in the church today, which is a word I don't use in a church most of the times. I want you to know the person you marry matters. Hallelujah. Let, let us stop. Let us tell our children. Oh, these are our children. We should tell them. You know what my son. You know what my daughter. The person you get married to. As long as they are not born again. And you come to church. And say bless us. You are just lying to yourself. Because it's very simple what the Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 1. Unless the Lord build the house, those who build it, build it in vain. Meaning it's very, very possible for you to build a house but without God. And it's a tragedy. That's why I said what I'm going to speak today, if you obey it, it will bless you. If you disobey it, it will bring tragedy into your life. Hallelujah. So, the things that are based on the word of God are non-negotiables. You can argue the way you want to argue. It doesn't hold water. 
Genesis 39 verse 9. Joseph to Potiphar's wife says, there is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has your husband, Mr. Potiphar, get back anything from me but you because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? The lie that young people tell each other, oh, because we we'll still get married anyway, so we can sleep with each other. And we'll repent. I just want to tell you one thing. You have sown a seed of doubt. You will never, at the back of your mind, there will be something else saying, can I really trust this man? Can I really trust this woman? It's better to keep yourself pure. No matter what your body is telling you to do. Because in spite of all these things, in spite of what I say, you, as a married couple, you may not start with God, but you can make a decision and say, Lord, we want to walk with you. And he's gracious enough. If, if he allowed Samson to have hair grow again, he will show you favor. He will show you grace. But you have to make a choice. You don't say, It's already destroyed. Therefore, let's just continue. No. You can make things right again. Amen? Even as a young man, even as a young woman, you have messed up. You know what? God is able to grant you the grace to make things right again. But once you have made that decision, stick to it because the Lord will reward you. Our God is a merciful God. Hallelujah. So never, never, the Bible says he will neither leave you nor forsake you. So never cancel yourself out before God has canceled you out because he will not cancel you out. But it's your choice to trust that word or not trust that word. Malachi 3.10 Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Again, that word, it's a choice to obey that word or not obey that word. You can follow what Facebook is saying and the arguments, all the arguments people make about tithe. You can listen to all of them. But you know what? This word will never change. If you don't give a tithe, the Bible says you are robbing God. It's that simple. If you give him, he says, you know what I'll do? You are trying me and because you are trying me, I'll open for you windows of heaven and I'll pour for you a blessing that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. But to obey that word, it's a what? A choice. Interestingly, even Jesus had to make choices. In Luke 22, verse 1 to 43, 41 to 43, the Bible says, and he was drawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, 
If it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. But even Jesus had to make a what? A choice. Whether to die for you or not to die for you. He had to make a choice. Hallelujah. So if the son of God had to make a choice, you also have to make choices. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and dine with him and he with me. That one is also a what? A choice. To open the door or not to open the door. before, And you decided not to go and open the gate. But it was a what? A choice. And Jesus is saying, I am knocking at the door of your heart. I am saying change. I am saying don't harden your heart. I'm saying overlook transgression. I'm saying overlook offenses. You say, no. It's a what? Choice. Revelation 22, 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. So at the end of life, Word of life is not going to be forced on anybody. Salvation is free. Revelation 22, 17. Salvation is free. And it's not by force. It's not by compulsory. Amen? So if somebody decides to walk with God, that's their choice. If they decide that they're not going to walk with, their God, with God, that's also their choice. In this short breath of life that we have, others live 20 years, others 50 years, others 52, others 99, others 117, others 7, others others 12, others 15, others, others whatever. But in this short breath of life, God has created every human being with a free will and with a conscience to know right and wrong. There is nobody who will tell me that when they were doing something wrong, they didn't know it was wrong. Nobody. Because God has put it there. When you are not loving your wife, you know I'm not loving her. When you are not loving your husband, you know I'm not loving my husband. When you are greedy, you know I am greedy. When you you speak anyhow, you know I speak anyhow. It's a choice. God created us to do his will willingly. But what we should know is that we are not going to be here forever. And that alone should make us wanting to do the will of God. Hallelujah. When you look at the whole theology of judgment, it's based on choices. For a very simple reason that if God is going to judge you at the end of life, or at the end of your time here on earth. There is a presupposition. 
the presupposition basically says that there has to be a what? A basis. Because if you have no choice, you can't be judged. Amen? If you were created and programmed just to function one way, then there's no judgment. But what God does, the reason why you're going to be judged is because God has put before you options and is going to judge you based on your choice. That's why me will not be judged for my wife. And my wife will not be judged for, for me. Pastor Sunga will not be judged for me. And I will not be judged for Pastor Sunga. Each and every one of us in here, we will have to stand before God and get judgment because of the choices we make. And he made it very clear to Adam in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Then the Lord, God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. It was also a choice. The point that I'm trying to make is this, and then we'll look just at very quickly a few choices. The point I'm trying to make is choices will be evaluated at the end. And that's very important for you to understand. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 7, Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. He says in my Bible, I will start with verse 6. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. He made a choice. I have finished the race. He made a choice. I have kept the faith. He made a choice. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. If at some point in this life, you will decide not to keep the faith, it's your what? Your choice. If at some point in this life, you will decide not to finish the race, it's your choice. If at some point in this life, you will make a decision not to fight the good fight, it's also your what? Your choice. But those who fight the good fight, those who finish the race, those who keep their faith, the Bible says, Paul tells us, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only to me, but also all who have loved his appearing. Let me just quickly show you a few other choices you need to make, and then we'll close. And on this one, I'm going to cruise. Amen? Let's start with Proverbs chapter 3. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be reading them. And I, I, when I read, I'm going to say, it's what? And you answer, a choice. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge me, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. It's what? A choice. Amen? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 13. It's your choice to trust the Lord with all your heart. To lean not on your own understanding. In everything you do, you acknowledge him. The promises he will direct your paths. But it's a choice. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 2. The Bible says, A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. It's a what? choice. Verse 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. It's a what? A choice. Even if your mouth is okra mouth. Okra mouth is a mouth that looks like you are tempted to speak all the time. But it's a what? A choice. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished. But he who gathers by labor will increase. Is a what? It's, it's up to you to decide you get wealth by cash get or you get wealth by hard work. It's your choice. But if you gain it by dishonest means, one day, one day, one day, it will diminish. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I know we like praying this verse concerning Malawi. But when God spoke to Abraham, he promised that his descendants will become nations. You know, your children will one day become a tribe. And righteousness will exhort them. If you train them in sin, it will become a reproach. And it's a what? A choice. Are we together? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 15. Fifteen verse one. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a, sharp, a harsh word steers up anger. It's a what? A choice. That's why you need to have emotional intelligence. When research has shown that there are so many kinds of intelligences, but the one that is really profound is emotional intelligence. Amen. But a soft answer turns away what? Wrath. It's a choice. A harsh word stirs up anger. It's a what? A choice. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. It's a what? A choice. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. It's a what? A choice. You can be eating in pilu at home where there is love. It's a choice. You can also have 
all sorts of some delicacies on the table but there is a hatred it's a choice hallelujah it's a choice basically the bible is telling us you have got the choice to make up your home what you want it to be hallelujah let's go to verse 27 i'm just giving you a few he who is greedy for gain troubles his own house. But he who hates bribes will live. It's a what? A choice. It's your choice to receive a bribe or not to receive a bribe. It's your choice to be greedy for gain. But just know that your house will be troubled. Chili trouble our children. Proverbs 16, verse 3. There are so many choices. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. It's a what, church? A choice. You can choose to commit to the Lord or not commit. That's why, unless the Lord builds a house, those who are building, build in vain. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. The Bible says, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. It's a what? A choice. It's folly and shame to you. So, the, what the Bible says, it's a choice for you to give somebody else. Let him talk. you tell yourself, it's a choice. Not even say, no, tamba imandi, amena angiretu mwina ndi iwala. Lemba. Kutusa iwale. It's a word. A choice. Hallelujah. Proverbs 20 verse 13. I'm just giving you choices. 13. Do not love sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you'll be satisfied with bread. It's a what? A choice. You can decide, I'll be sleeping. Uh, but what you're going to come to is called poverty. They can prophesy over your life as many times you want to prophesy. Even go to go and buy prophecy. But if you don't work hard, the Bible says you shouldn't eat. It's a what? It's a what, church? So, so, so let's stop this thing here. No, let's pray for prosperity. After we have prayed for prosperity, do you know what you need to do? You need to go and work. You can pray for prosperity and go and sleep. You're going to go to what? Poverty. You pray for prosperity and begin to look for opportunities without bribe. You will what? Prosper. Proverbs 25 verse 19. 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joints. You know that the person is unfaithful. And you say, but for me, I trust him. He says, for you, it's like a bad tooth and a foot out of joints. 
Which is basically says, choose your friends wisely. It's not everybody who is going where you are going. So the issue is, who do you trust? Who have you put confidence in? Hallelujah. To have a bad truth, it's up to you. To have a foot out of joints is also up to who? Hallelujah. I'm happy that you said me. I thought you were going to say you. I was going to say who? I refuse. (laughs) Proverbs 22 verse 24. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious, furious man, do not go. Lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. It's also a what? Do not be one of those who shakes his hands in a pledge. One of those who is the surety for death. He says, don't do that. Chifuga akapanda kulipira ngongoleyo. Sofa ya kwanuija. Abwela zalanda. Let him find his own what? Collateral. Amen? Let him find his own collateral. But the Bible says, if he says, don't be one of those who shakes his hands in a pledge. One of those who is surety for death. If you have nothing with which to pay, actually you believe this. Why he should he take away your bed from under you? Do not remove the ancient mark which your fathers have set. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before an unknown man. The, what will make you stand before kings is excellence. If you do things basta, 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 you will stand before nobody. You can pray, you can declare, you can decree. But if there is no excellence in your life, you will be referred to no one. It's also a what? A choice. Proverbs 28, verse 13. So even Hallelujah. Because it's a choice. Proverbs 28, 13. Okay, let's read that one. He who covers his sins will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. So when you come, whether it's to your pastor or someone else, because if you cover them, you will not prosper. But if you confess them and you forsake them, you will have mercy. Amen? The choice is one whose? Mine. Proverbs 29 verse 1. Proverbs 29 verse 1. 
He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Hallelujah. It's also a what? A choice. The funny thing is that when people are rebuking you, you go and begin to say bad things about them. This is what I always say to people. If today I go and begin to tell you, and say, Pastor Sunga Ndoiba, Nishirungama, Abale, am I saying, I knew him in 1992. So, if I go to sin and I say, Pastor Sunga Ndoiba, I'm saying, from 1992, from the time I knew him, he has just been doing Zoipa, Zoipa. It means I am a fool for keeping him from 1992 to this day and he has been very unfaithful to me. Please, when you go and demonize somebody, you go and say, Poyamba ndikuze nizao zabuino. Anandipangira izi, anandipangira izi, anandipangira izi, anandipangira izi. Koma panopo, anandipangira izi. Ndendo oipa. You see that a lot of people you say couldn't do it, so iba. They anandi zuzula, kundi zuzula ngo amena kudindi zipempera. They bobeza anandi zuzula kudindi zipempera. Amena jando iba. Don't go and say things. You always, always be, because the Bible says amena amapita poya amboga banga present a case. Amoneka kudindo ulunga ama until his neighbor comes and cross examines him. It's in the Bible too. Whosoever presents a matter is seen to be right until the neighbor comes and begins to cross-examine. Hallelujah. Proverbs 29.11 This one I love. A fool Vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Ineo ni baere baere, you are a fool. Ineo, I speak the way I see it. I don't have time to be saying it's it's brown when I see it's black. For me, black is black, white is white. I speak by heart. The Bible says, I will not say it. I will not say it. Okay? Oh, no, I didn't say it. The, I'll only say the other one. He says, but a wise man holds back some words. In verse 9, it says, if a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. Amen? Let's read the last one. Proverbs 29, verse 20. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Hallelujah. Because there is more hope for a fool 
than you. Sometimes you are moved to speak out of sympathy when your pocket is not sympathetic to you. The people who say, Amina Jama Angolonjeza kwa masadani, saa kwa nilitsa. I think leroro mupembele kutambue ndi tanizeni kudzigwira olo zindu zidakhabuti ndi kubata nkatimu. Help me Lord. Not to commit. Because the moment you commit, you have made a promise. And every time you break a promise, you break trust. Last one. Matthew 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. To next week Sunday what I was trying to show you today is that the concept of choice is built up in scripture. That's what I was trying to do today. Next week Sunday I will show you within the time that we have, that there are three big choices you have to make in your life. Three. Those three big choices you make in your life will determine where you end up in life. Three of them. They are not four, only three. But they will determine where you go in life. But because life is about and you have a father in Jesus name.